Welcome to The Corporate Coven, a podcast for witches at work. This is where magic meets the 9 to 5 grind. I'm Jess, your host, aka That Witch from Work and Head Witch in The Corporate Coven. This podcast is your spellbook to blending career savvy with mystical know-how. As a corporate witch, career expert, and astrologer, I'll be your guide to navigating the professional realm with a touch of magic. Join me for a bewitching journey into the enchanted intersection of work and witchcraft. What's up, witches? Welcome back to another staff meeting at the Corporate Coven. A few announcements before we formally begin the staff meeting episode. First is I wanted to just thank everyone who reached out and sent me screenshots of showing my podcast in your Spotify wrapped. I let everyone know that if you send that to me as a way to say thank you, I was going to raffle off a free or a discounted reading. And so I want to say thank you to everyone who reached out and shared kind words. Like you said the screenshot, but so many people shared messages to me as well. And it just, it felt really nice. You guys know I hit a lot of big milestones this year. I had 100 episodes of the podcast. I've been doing the staff meeting episodes for over a year and Even with statistics, this is like quantitative evidence that we're doing something meaningful in the world. You know, like I I can see the listenership grow. I can see the areas where people are listening in. I can see data a little bit about like who you are and different like demographic information, like what age group you're in, which is actually kind of fun because I'm getting to know your natal charts a little bit through this research. But it's still just numbers. And when you shared some of what you shared with me in those emails and in those direct messages, I got some qualitative data as well. And I I don't think I was prepared for like how meaningful that was and how like how good it felt to just feel like, Hey, like I'm doing something useful. And this podcast really started as a way for me to just release a ton of creative energy that I felt. And I still feel around astrology and career and uh, spirituality and exploring ways of expressing love through service in this world. And, you know, I hope that I'm doing something wonderful for other people as well. So it was really nice to hear from you what stands out, what's useful, what you'd love to see more of. I really appreciate it. So thank you. And I'd like to announce the winner of the raffle or giveaway, or I don't know, whatever it was. Um, Everyone was entered in. And then I did like a randomization to find who was eligible for this. And I want to congratulate and say thank you to Karen Cox. Karen, you are the winner. I will be emailing you with information on how to schedule and book your reading with me. And thank you again to everyone who tuned in. This was really fun and maybe we'll do like, this is an annual thing. Every Spotify wrapped, we will celebrate with, I don't know, like big robust like giveaways and prizes. And I don't know, like that sounds really fun, but we're also in Sagittarius season where everything feels really big and fun and exciting. And of course, we still have a whole year that we have to get through. So we'll see if the energy is maintained. But if you stay with me, if you keep it front of my mind with me, then, you know, we can make something happen. All right. Thank you. Other announcements is we only have a few episodes left in the year. So hang with me because I'm going to be discussing how to set New Year's intentions, working with the astrology for the upcoming year of 2024 as well as I wanted to let everyone know and remind you that I have the vocational astrology intensives back as a product. It's only available to the Corporate Coven newsletter, so the links will always be exclusively in the newsletter. 
There are only 13 readings available. And so if you want to check that out, if you want to learn more about it, let me know. You can reach out to me on email. You can leave me comments in this episode, or you can connect with me on other social media platforms and reach out in my direct messages. Okay. Thank you for those announcements. Let's go into the check-in question for this staff meeting. We're going to get grounded into this episode and prepare ourselves to work consciously with the astrology of this week. This week, we're looking at December 10th through December 16th. (sighs) I also need to just kind of like check in and settle in. I feel some of like the nervousness of recording and sitting down in front of the mic and and all of this. So I'm also going to just take a moment to give my attention to this episode. Intention and attention are critical for any type of manifestation work, which is what we'll be talking about this week. We'll be discussing how to use the astrology of this week. And when I say use, what I mean is we're going to be working consciously with it. The astrology will be expressed regardless of our interaction. And this is where the question of determinism comes into play with astrology. You know, are you fated to do things because the planets deem it so? And if not, then what is your choice and how can you use that agency? I think of this similarly to the concept of privilege. And this is kind of like a a high level. I haven't spent a ton of time on like research here. So accept it at a very like surface level um, and explore depth if you want to. But I think that our natal charts are similar to the privilege that we're born into in this world. You know, there are definitely favorable aspects, favorable placements. And so when you are born with those, or when you experience those, you experience fortune, you experience luck, as it were, you are given opportunity, and you are able to apply the privilege, apply the planetary privilege, and really create something out of that situation. But there's also a world filled with difficult placements, challenging placements. And similarly, we have lives that are filled with challenge and difficulty to varying degrees. When we come into this world, we have tools, we have talents, we have strengths. We also have those weaknesses or those areas for development, the things that will always feel bring barriers and obstacles into our life. But when you are aware of it, when you have language of it, when you become conscious of it, you become the observer of it. And when you can witness something as it is occurring, rather than being in the middle of it and experiencing it and feeling unsure of how to interpret and how to take action towards it or against it, then it's, it's scarier, right? Like we want to be in the observer. We want to be able to zoom out and to see things because at that point, this is when it can become like utility. This is when we can use it. We can leverage it. And it's not about applying a tool in a way that it was never meant to be used. 
And rather, it's about acknowledging this will be the tool that I have. And this will be the task before me. So how can I best navigate this environment with what I've been given? That's actually the magic. It's not necessarily creating something out of nothing. It's recognizing that nothingness doesn't exist. It's not there. Like There's always something to be used and to be leveraged. And if you don't have that awareness and you don't have that knowledge, then that's where just a, a life filled with missed opportunities comes in. Even the trials that we go through are opportunities to level up, to evolve, to learn and to grow and to have experiences which provide a contrast of experience in this life, a contrast of emotions, a contrast of relationships. And so how do we work consciously with it? We become aware of it. Similarly, how do we best utilize our own innate talents and gifts and strengths? We become aware of it, right? That's, that's the first step. And so that's what we're doing here in this episode. We are becoming aware of the task. We're becoming aware of the stakeholders and we're becoming aware of the tools and ultimately like what the end result is going to be, what like the, the mission statement is, what is this trying to become? And now you get to be an active participant in life. So this week, I mentioned manifestation, giving it our attention and giving it our intention, becoming mm, providing service to what is de desiring to be at this moment in time. So what are you wishing for? What do you want to believe? The new moon in Sagittarius is expansive. It's outward reaching. It's hungry. It's larger than life. It's adventurous. It wants you to believe in something bigger and greater. It wants you to be hopeful for even more than you could have imagined. There's a need to rely on optimism, positivity, and faith or belief. In positive psychology and a handful of other assessments that I've used with clients, including the Clifton Strengths Finder assessment, which we use in the Strengths in the Natal Chart reading, belief is a strength. Having belief and a positive outlook is considered a feature of someone's ability to be resilient. I've shared this before when I've talked about the show alone that I love and how the participants need to not only be skilled in actual survival for their physical body and working in the environment that they're living in, but there's also the survival of your spirit, of your will, of your soul. And a lot of this is the belief that there is purpose, the belief that there is meaning, the belief that there is possibility, and the belief that you have influence in it as well. The belief that things are for you. And this doesn't have to 
belong to any theology or belief system. In fact, you'll find this regardless of specific factions of religion or culture. It's that underlying truth that we, to be like great in this life or to be successful in this life, to be happy in this life, to be fulfilled in this life, to feel okay and content and even reach states of bliss in this life. This is an important feature. It's what helps you persist through challenge and persist through difficulty. And winter can be that for a lot of folks. And it's no secret that the world is filled with a lot of challenge and a lot of difficulty and a lot of obstacle and barrier and grief and violence and terror and and all kinds of things, right? And how do we experience that while also leaning into our faith, leaning into our belief, leaning into our hope and our optimism and our positivity? It's a willingness to wish for something more with a trust and a faith that you'll be heard and that whatever comes your way, no matter how hard it is, that there is meaning in it and that it's for you. So in this week with the new moon in Sagittarius, no matter what else is going on, and you'll hear this when I get to the the actual like astrology forecast for the week ahead when I share about the new moon, your invitation this week is to, I want to say like, act like you really believe it. It's kind of like the word that just came into my mind or the, the phrase, act like you really believe it. Let your actions, let your ritual, let your physical service, let the demonstration of love and hope and belief and optimism and wishing be bigger this year than it has ever been before. Go over the top. Be so extra about it. And I will share some examples of specific tools you might be using this year when you are using your new moon to cast spells for success, set intentions for peace, rekindle a flame of belief, whatever that is, I will let you know the details later on in the episode. Let's transition and talk about the major transits this week since we've kind of been talking about, I would say like not the biggest one, but like a big one is the new moon in Sagittarius. So that is going to happen on December 12th, which let me look at my calendar is a Tuesday. It's a Tuesday, the new moon in Sagittarius at 4.32 p.m. Mountain Standard Time. And then the next major transit actually happens the very next day, and that is going to be Mercury stationing retrograde in Capricorn. So we are going to be talking about like retrogrades, how that's impacting this new moon intention, how this might be showing up for you at work. Let's talk about phase management. Of course, this is the area where we're getting insight into what's the overall energy. You know, you've heard me say like, what's the vibe? What's the vibe this week? We're still in a fixed to fixed consciousness. So similar to what the rest of the season has brought us, the weekends are all about trying to just like maintain, sustain, and get through it. We begin the week in a Scorpio fixed consciousness, which is about survival. 
which is about how do I send attention and energy into that which is most important. And it could even be that which is most urgent. Yes, I thought I was going to say something else. I'm not. So we move from Scorpio to Sagittarius to Capricorn, and then we end the week in Aquarius consciousness. And Aquarius fixed consciousness has a lot more to do with our uh, specific rules, roles, and organization of people based on shared beliefs. This is the water bearer. This is pouring information and knowledge into the greater collective, into society. It's the transition from Capricorn into Pisces. And, uh, you know, in Capricorn, we see the initiation of structure and organization. In Aquarius, you might see the innovation and the adjustment. And then in Pisces, um, you know, this is more of the like collective. There really are no boundaries, even the ones that Aquarius tried to set up. Capricorn might say there are clear uh, separations of things because there's, you know, mountain ranges. That's actually me. I have a mountain range between me and the state of Colorado. And so uh, because I live right by that mountain range, it's like very much like, no, like this is a physical barrier. You're over there and I'm over here. So this is an easy way for how we organize ourselves. And then Aquarius might come in and say, okay, that's one way of doing it, but we also want to understand how we organize ourselves based on, you know, those other lines like school district or style of neighborhood, you know, suburban versus urban. Um, you know, there's, there's other things that go into this. Like, are you a red or a blue area when it comes to like political belief or practice here in the U.S.? And so there's other ways to organize yourselves. And then Pisces comes in and say, yes, but even with all of those borders, even with all of those boundaries, even with all of those systems in place, we are still one universal collective consciousness and family. But for this upcoming weekend, we're going to be stopping and kind of hitting that Aquarius section and energy. So there's going to be a bit of the transition we're moving through. I've shared this before, but you know, in Scorpio, these are the, the deep, intimate relationships that require trust. And in Sagittarius, it moves us beyond ourselves. When we can find those connective points, we, we expand our world when we expand our network. When we let people into our circle, our life really opens up. But then when that opens up, we find that there's utility in that. There's ways to using that to become bigger and to become greater and to build something that really lasts with these new connections and this new world that we've explored. But then again, Aquarius comes in and says, yes, but we need to create rules around it. Um, think about, you know, the equity piece or equality piece of, you know, DE and I work. How do we make sure that there is equity in society and in our relationships? How do we think about the way that we think? How do we use like metrics and data to analyze and interpret the world around us and, you know, use that to make improvements, to innovate, to move us forward, to evolve, to become a more like global and collective unit. In terms of the lunar phases, we're starting this week with that dark moon phase, which is the low energy. It's the last shedding of light before we move into like that really dark space where, you know, we, we, the moon is no longer visible in the night sky. This is a time 
of turning inward, feeling more introspective, more reflective, and coming in. During the new moon phase, we'll be setting seeds for intention, but the transition from the dark moon to the new moon is actually uh, acknowledging what needs to be let go. And part of that is by writing out a gratitude list. And so in whatever ritual or manifestation you'll be doing this upcoming week, make sure that gratitude is a big piece of the conversation. Write down everything that you have to be grateful for. You can do this in past tense, current, present tense, and in future tense as well. Right on everything that you have that you feel deeply grateful for. We'll move through the new moon phase and then we end the week in that crescent phase, which is about that push, that needed thrust of intention or energy of courage to, to like be seen again, to like emerge from the cave. And that was actually a visual I got as I was scripting this episode. And as I was moving through it, uh, you know, the, the hermit moving in towards the cave, staying in there to conduct or complete any sacred rite or ritual, and then returning to the open air where the community is, where the collective is, where people finally are. It made me think, because I'm like a, a Sarah J. Mass girly, it made me think about a scene in one of the book series where the characters go, I don't remember if it's like underground, I remember it being like kind of like a cave, and they're attending a service where the priestesses are singing, and the acoustics in the room are just that like stunning, like it's it's so beautiful, and it's a deeply spiritual experience regardless of your actual like practice or buy into the the spiritual system which is like facilitating this worship service and it's more so just about being in that container which is inherently intended to be a place of worship and then like coming out into the world again and almost like returning to yourself after like a long meditation or like if you've ever been to a yoga class that just like I mean, like moved you in ways physically and spiritually and emotionally. Um, and then after like a really solid like savasana where you've just been, you know, in that deep meditative, like restorative state, coming back to the room, coming back into your body and opening your eyes is like, holy hell, where was I just then? Right. It's the, it's that feeling this week of going through that dark space. And really, again, I, w- I want to invite you this week to do something bigger for this new moon than what your ritual typically looks like. Go big on this one. OK. And then afterwards, it's kind of coming into a new world and seeing things more clearly now, having had that sacred experience. Okay, let's go over the weekly forecast. We're going to talk more about the astro weather day by day for the week, again, of December 10th through December 16th. At the end of the episode is where I'm going to be sharing based on which house holds Sagittarius specific themes that you might be setting intentions around this new moon. So make sure that you hang out until the end of the episode. All right, let's go over the weekly forecast to talk about the astro weather. Are you ready? Let's talk about Sunday. So on Sunday, Venus... Mercury and Jupiter. They have this thing going on because Venus is at six degrees Scorpio, uh, applying to a sextile to Mercury in Capricorn at seven degrees, 
which is forming a trine to Jupiter at six degrees Taurus retrograde. So there's this adorable little relationship happening between the benefics and Mercury. And this kind of felt like, I don't know, this week I was just building a lot of like storylines or plot lines. I'm reading a fantasy book right now. And so that's kind of like the mentality that I'm in. And I just had this like thought of like the benefics, Venus and Jupiter. The benefics are conspiring with the Lord of communication as he prepares to station retrograde. They have this like final little, almost like, you know, they have his ear for a moment right before he's getting ready to station retrograde and then journey back towards the sun. Right. And so I was thinking like Sunday looks like a good day for having conversations about the business, quote unquote, whatever that is for you with the people that you're close to or that you need to be close to. Who are those individuals? And today, maybe if it's not the day that you're having those conversations, today is a good day to prepare for those conversations. Think about what the environment needs to be like and what your mindset needs to be going into these meetings. The environment and your mindset are almost just as important as the actual words being said in the meeting. So this is always right. Like, what do we feel on Sunday and how do we prepare for it? What do you have going on this week? Like, think about like, what are the big conversations that are needing to be had this week and start identifying like, who are those stakeholders? And it might feel like working a little bit on Sunday, but this is where if you can spend more time giving it a really good input, you'll be a lot more successful on the output, right? What goes in must come out. So be really intentional and thoughtful and strategic and plan a little bit before going into Monday. I know I'm releasing this episode a little bit later on Sunday. And so if you're hearing this late, just think about like, again, you can't help but experience the astrology. So if you were thinking about work early, even if you weren't actually working on it and you're listening to this later in the week, who were those people that you were thinking about? Or what were those situations that you were thinking about? The Scorpio Venus is letting you know, to know that those were the most important. Those are the most essential, um, especially if they feel at odds with how you've been feeling, whether or not you've been fortunate or unfortunate. This idea of like, woe is me. Nothing's working out for me. They're always mad at me. This never works out. Why isn't this like going right? Uh, there's been people involved. And so think about that relationship and that connection because you're going to have some real opportunity to make movement in those this week. So for Monday, Venus forms a supportive aspect to Mercury, which is good for interpersonal communication. Uh, for those that work in environments, uh, like in the office, I'm thinking like this is the actual execution of those planned communications. I guess you could do this like virtually as well, but um, with the Capricorn and Taurus, it just feels like it's going to be something that's a bit more tangible. So consider uh, that like experience of walking in and immediately having like interactions with people. Right. Um, or this could have been like coming at you a little bit, like on Sunday night, uh, this, this could be like moving into that story, but it's going to be like coming at you and moving towards you. Uh, so brace yourselves, I suppose for Monday, because execution is a big part of the conversation. You want to, again, be clear in the desired outcome and have an agenda and be concise. Mercury in Capricorn at eight degrees, it's slowing down because it's getting ready to station, but it is still moving forward. And so 
there is this desire again to like have an agenda, be very clear on what you want to be doing, have a framework. Um, if you're not familiar, there are actually tons of like recommendations of frameworks to have difficult conversations or crucial conversations or um, to give difficult feedback to even like, I don't know. There's like a ton that like I learned in um, my counseling program. So I'm thinking of those as well, but I know a lot of my listeners have like a similar background or you've been in like work environments where you've been exposed to this. So just think about those frameworks that you've already been learning and that you've already been exposed to. And this is a good way to apply it in real life. All right. Take it out of practice and, and out of theory and put it into play. Venus and Scorpio would prioritize psychological safety and trust. Okay. So it's a good day to collaborate if those are already in place and if you're prepared to be structured. Otherwise, it could be like a missed opportunity. Okay. Tuesday is the new moon in Sagittarius. It's happening at exactly 20 degrees. And again, this is a time to make wishes, write letters to Santa Claus, have faith. This new moon phase forms a trine to the north node in Aries. And so for me, this is again where it just feels so sacred. It feels purposeful. It feels intentional. It feels karmic. It feels like a direct channel to the divine. Like, how could you not take advantage of this? How exciting is this one? Okay. I talked a lot about this in last week's episode. I'm so stoked for this new moon. This is an excellent new moon to use fire in your ritual. It's perfect for Sagittarius because it's that time of year where we are celebrating the lights. That's why we have lights on our Christmas trees, on our houses. They're everywhere. Um, you know, we're celebrating like the belief that like the sun will return through like after this winter ends. And with that, uh, trying to the North Node, also in Aries and a fire sign, which is so much about like the strength and the courage to have that spark, to have that divine spark, which brings about life and the importance of fire in the way that it, you know, helps us experience life. Like think about how important fire is, like how important it is to be able to warm yourself, to cook your food, to do like, you know, cleansing and healing, but also uh, the spiritual, you know, witnessing of the flames and the smoke and the cleansing of, you know, the smoke and all of that. Like this is just such a sacred time and such a good time to use fire in your ritual. You could also be using rosemary, cinnamon, citrus, and clove. Those seasonal aspects that again will help uh, make it more festive, more related to what is natural and coming up around this season. And again, I want you to use this new moon to do more than your usual when it comes to your craft and spiritual practice. If you usually just do a journaling practice, do journaling and tarot. If you already do that, then bring in some candle magic. If you already do that, then consider um, bringing in some different elements like a crystal grid. Uh, you know, there's like, there's so many ways to kind of like elevate. And when I say make it extra, I mean, like, bring in something that would make it feel festive. And I feel, I feel like I don't want to use this word, but I'm going to. I'm feeling sensitive around it, but I'm gonna, I'm gonna invoke like psychological trust and safety and say that y'all have stuck with me for over a year. So if this comes out weird, you'll, you'll still hang with me and give me some grace as we figure it out. But I'm, I'm getting this like, make it Instagram worthy. Oh, no, it felt weird. It felt gross, but kind of. You know, I do follow, um, I'm sure a lot of you do because she has a massive platform, Mystic Primrose. I love the way that she shares images and really like entertaining videos 
of really quick ways to do ritual. And she does do a lot with candle magic. And so go check her out if you're not already mystic primrose on Instagram. And she has like a ton of cool offerings and resources on her website. But this is a good way to just see like, what does it look like? Like if, if you were setting this up and someone was going to see it, whether it was your deity or deities, or it was your ancestor, or it was, you know, I don't remember how many followers they have, but it's like a few hundred thousand people that were going to see it. What would you, what would it look like if you could curate the most extravagant version of what you wanted to do? Like that's the goal work towards that because you want it to feel special. It's different than just every day. This one's special, right? Treat it like it's special. And I want you to go big, but I also want you to trust that you'll be supported trust that it will be seen. How often do we, like, for example, wake up in the morning and we know that we're not going to see anyone that day. So we just don't put a ton of effort into our physical appearance, which is totally fine, by the way. And we all have those days. It's currently my vibe as I'm sitting here recording this episode to you. I look exactly the same as I did when I got out of bed this morning. But when we know that we're going to be seen, and we trust that we're going to be seen. Like, I'm going to go into the office and there's actually going to be a ton of people there. It changes the way that we show up, right? And not in the way that it's driven by the fear of being judged if we don't look that way, but more like we recognize the power that our physical presence has and finding ways to enhance and celebrate that power that our physical presence brings to a room. You know what I mean? That's what it is. Recognize the power of what you're doing with this sacred time and trust that it will be seen. Trust that it will be supported. Go forward knowing that it will make an impact and a difference. I would love to see this. Um, if you feel comfortable, I know that for many people, their rituals are private I do a blend of like some I'll share publicly and some I keep just for myself. So if any of you feel like, nope, this is like sacred and private to me, I'm not sharing. Totally. Absolutely. And if some of you are like, I don't know, like this felt really nice and I do want someone to see it. You can send those images to me. I'd love to see what you're working on. I'd love to see how you kind of went above and beyond this year. Okay, let's talk about Wednesday. Wednesday, we're moving into a Capricorn moon. And the morning opens with a nice trine to Saturn in Pisces. So the Capricorn moon trine Jupiter retrograde and conjunct Mercury as it stations retrograde. I posted this last year. We also had another like Mercury retrograde with Capricorn. And I tweeted like, you know, this is peak. Let's circle back energy. It's that corporate lingo for we're going to need to do this again or let's try again or let's put a pin in it. <laughs> let's circle back. We'll come back to this later because it's not really making sense. I feel like you're on the path that you need to take. You're clear on that, right? Like, you know what path you need to take. But it feels confusing because it feels like you're going backwards. So as I was thinking about this, another visual that came to my mind was walking a labyrinth. And if you've never walked a labyrinth before, um, a handful of you probably have one like pretty close to you where you're living. But if you've never walked a labyrinth before, then it's different than a maze because a maze, there's a lot of different options that you can choose and some paths lead to dead ends. 
But in a labyrinth, there's actually only one path. But it creates this really interesting and complicated design that kind of looks like a maze because there's a lot of, you know, twist backs and turns. But there's still that one path that you're taking. And it reminded me of a hike that I went on in New Mexico when I was a teenager, where it just felt like we were making no progress. This was a really hard hike. I remember just going back and forth and back and forth on the switchbacks. And I started getting altitude sickness. I was not feeling well. It was I, it was backpacking, so I had been carrying this massive pack on my back. I think it was like a 10-day trip, and I think we were more than a week into it. Like, It was a lot. It was a lot. And if it wasn't that long, I'm thinking that my mom might be listening to this and being like, oh, Jessica, you were only there for like five days. I don't remember, okay? But for my little teenage body, it felt like I was doing the hardest thing. I felt like, it, you know, one of the original core Lord of the Rings like trilogy members and I was just being like I was suffering okay so it was really really hard and I remember just feeling like we were making no progress but we were we were moving forward but we were moving you know vertically mostly and so the switchbacks were just slowly slowly taking us up um and that's what this mercury retrograde might feel like and it might like kind of tip off on that feeling on Wednesday where you feel like am I even making movement? This just feels like I'm, I'm going in no direction, like no matter what I'm doing. But I want you to remember that even the back and forth is progress. A labyrinth only has one path. And so you are always moving forward on your journey, no matter what direction you're facing. This is where we set the new moon intentions, right? And when I say I want you to trust that you'll be supported, trust that you'll be met, trust that you'll be seen. You need to trust because it's going to start feeling like wonky with the retrograde. And you're going to be wondering and feeling like, what am I? Is this even progress? Especially because as Mercury um, is on its retrograde journey, it will move back into Sagittarius. Mercury won't travel all the way back to 20 degrees. However, it does get back to the 22nd degree. Um, and, you know, we'll just like go back to that area and we'll go back to the North Node, which is part of this new moon conversation. And so it might be like a point of clarification, but it will definitely be related to in some way this new moon intention that you're setting. So I want you to just, again, trust, really trust that you're going to be met and that you'll be seen and that you'll be supported. I know I'm saying that a lot. I, maybe it's just me. I just, I feel like I'm saying it a lot, but it's because I want you to believe it. I want you to trust it. Okay. Let's talk about Thursday team because the rest of the week is kind of just like existing with, <laughs> with what's going on this week. Uh, the moon is at 13 degrees Capricorn at 8 a.m. And the morning starts with a trine to the destabilizing planet Uranus and then moves towards a conjunction with Pluto. These monthly meetings for me have translated into me spending a lot of time with actual authorities in my life, senior leaders, elders, mentors. On this day, actually on Thursday, I currently have an OKR meeting scheduled and I don't know if we're going to have it because we haven't talked about it in 
like any of our team meetings and it's on our calendar. However, um, you know, I have a new team dynamic. We have new schedules that we're trying to pay attention to and be sensitive to. Uh, it's a time of year when people are traveling, people are taking time off. And so part of me is like not super confident we're going to have it. But the other part of me is like, look, Mercury just stationed like the day before I'm in theory supposed to have this meeting. So I'm not sure it's going to be happening. It just makes me wonder like how stable is my calendar right now anyways, especially as this day, you know, the moon's going to be making an aspect to Uranus. And then we got like the Mercury retrograde for me trying to Jupiter retrograde. I just think that like Thursday, all bets are off. Don't count on anything happening as you expected it to happen. Even if you're in meetings, expect those to kind of like go uh, in a different direction than you thought they were going to. And if it hasn't yet, it's going to. If 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 you're going through Thursday and you're like, actually, things are pretty smooth sailing. Like, you know, this is this is going exactly how I thought it would. Well, then it's going to blow up in your face later and I'm calling it now, okay? Because that's what Mercury retrogrades feel like and that's how Uranus influences it and brings it up. So this is very much like you're making a list, you're checking it twice, and you're missing things anyways. It's not a good time actually for shipping and moving physical commerce. Uh, I'm trying really hard. Actually, I'm pretty sure that like all of my Christmas shopping that I'm doing where things are being shipped to my home or to someone else's for the most part is done. However, as I'm saying this, I'm remembering a few gifts that I actually have to ship. So this does not bode well, okay? Don't expect packages to get there on time. This is a classic time for people to get things, you know, like stolen off of their front porch, to get things like shipped to a random warehouse on accident, to like, you know, need to like replace things or send it back because it was the wrong size. Like this is just peak what it's going to feel like. It's not a good time for moving actual physical commerce. On Friday, the moon joins Pluto at 28 degrees, like in like right in the morning, and Mars forms a trine to Chiron. So this is that feeling of pressure, of being under a lot of pressure. And maybe something feels like really high stakes, feeling like you need to meet some high expectations that could be making you move in a million directions, especially as the moon shifts into Aquarius. And again, we think about those broader communities. On Saturday, the moon is at 12 degrees Aquarius in the morning and squares Venus in Scorpio. So there's a rift between the intimate party and the collective obligation. It's what is drawing you out right now, though. Like whatever the Aquarius part of your chart is, this is actually what's pulling you out of the reclusive and the hermetic, the hermetic experience of the week. I'm remembering that last week I talked about how, you know, Venus is throwing this very like macabre and um, dark gothic type party and celebration. And maybe you've been in there and you've been in that, uh, you know, dark space where you've been doing those like scorpionic type things. You know, like, oh, I've been doing occult stuff, ritual stuff, uh, you know, playing with fire. You know, I've, I've been doing all these things. But now I need to come out. I, I, need to, I need to come out. I need to go out and do things because I can't stay at this vampire's party forever. Uh, you know, I, I need, I have a family. I have a job. Like I have people that need me, whatever that is. The Aquarius obligation is actually what's pulling you out of the cave this week. And that's what's going to move us into that uh, first, sorry, not the first quarter, the crescent lunar phase. And it's kind of that draw of like, okay, come back to the light. Come back out here. Um, let's let's pick up the pace and like continue moving forward. Okay. Let's end there. 
Thank you so much for joining me. I'm excited to talk to you next week. Karen, again, thank you. Oh, no, no. Let's pause. Karen, do thank you, though, because I'm going to be emailing you with your reading. But other things I was going to say I need to talk to you guys about is your new moon area for this episode. Okay, hold up. Wait a minute. Put a little structure in it. Uh, Let's talk about the new moon manifestation areas for each of the houses. And then I'll let you go. But I want to share this with you because as you are preparing for these new moon manifestations, this will help guide you and give you a sense of, um, you know, where you can prioritize and again, align and work with what's already being activated in your chart. So if you have Sagittarius in your first house, then for you, this new moon, you can focus on themes like personal growth, uh, clarifying your identity thinking about the way that you self-express and consider doing activities that boost your confidence and enthusiasm for life. If this is happening, if Sagittarius is in your second house, then this is a good time to manifest financial stability and security. You can start thinking about long-term financial goals. If Sagittarius is in your third house, You can manifest opportunities for learning and communication. Think about going on quick, short trips or improving your communication skills in some way. This could be a fun time to start a quick, like, mini course online. If Sagittarius is in your fourth house, then focus on uh, emotional security and what home looks like and feels like if your home is a sacred space. So consider creating space in your home for meditation or relaxation, set your, set up your altar or something like that. If Sagittarius is in your fifth house, then I want you to think about your creative expression. Think about what brings you joy and makes you feel like romantic (laughs) eyebrow lifts. If you know what I mean? Set intentions related to your hobbies as well as your romantic pursuits and spend some time starting a new creative project or quality time with someone you love. If you have Sagittarius in your sixth house, then you need to focus on your health and your well-being. I want you to set intentions related to your work routines or your health routines. What does self-care look like and how can you make it really big this season? If you have Sagittarius in your seventh house. Gemini Risings, I'm looking at you. I want you to think about harmonious relationships and partnerships. Think about setting intentions related to improving existing relationships or bringing about new desirable ones. And this might require some open and honest communication with your current partners. If you have Sagittarius in your eighth house, Then focus on personal transformation and deep emotional connections. This could be a good time to think about uh, setting intentions for how you're going to move forward with shared resources, with things that require intimacy, but also can be used for personal growth. This is a place for magic and the occult. And so this would be a really fun way to bring in more devotion, I want to say, more devotion to your rituals. If you have Sagittarius in your ninth house, then this is a time to think about your personal growth through knowledge and adventure and through the traveling that you have been doing or want to be doing or will continue to do. 
set intentions related to moving beyond yourself, beyond your homeland. Consider exploring new philosophies and planning a trip. If you have Sagittarius in your 10th, 10th house, then this is a time really like for your career goals and thinking about the public recognition you desire for your professional life or your broader ambitions. This is a good time to create a goal around like a really big achievable milestone. If you have Sagittarius in your 11th house, then this is a time to think about your social connections and aspirations. What new social groups or networking opportunities do you want? What humanitarian efforts can you engage in at this time or would be meaningful for you? And then if you have Sagittarius in your 12th whole sign house, then this is really a time to think about those spiritual growth and inner peace opportunities. This is a time to let go of the past and to rewire your neurology to choose and respond differently in situations that test you. This is a good time to invite mindfulness practices into your routine if you don't already. Okay, now it's the end. Thank you for hanging out with me this episode. I'll see you in the next one. And again, if you're an entrepreneur, a corporate witch, a witch that works, or a witch with a passion for personal and professional development, these episodes are for you. So I'd love to hear how they're resonating, what you'd like to see improved or added or removed. You can let me know in the comments of these episodes and I'll catch you next week. Bye. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of The Corporate Coven, a podcast for witches at work. Keep the magic alive by joining our newsletter at www.thatwitchfromwork.com. There you can find extra resources and book a career astrology reading with me. If you love today's episode, you can support our work by subscribing, turning on notifications, and even making monthly donations. We'll see you in the next episode. Bye, witches.